Hey everyone, Elmer Fudd, real quick. Uh, what this show is will be explained shortly. I just want to do a quick blurb, letting everyone know that some things were tried, audio was super messed up. Um, first five minutes is kind of wonky, but after that, everything's totally fine. I promise, bear through with it. It's Nick's baby, and it's amazing. Okay, I love you. Bye! Well, greetings everyone. Uh, welcome to Out of the Hat. My name is Nick and I will be your host tonight. Um, so we are, again, Out of the Hat is the first in our new series where we will spend some time each week recapping our most recent, recent D&D session. More on that in a moment. Uh, we'll get inside the head of the players in our D&D group and our DM. Uh, we'll also have an opportunity to answer questions But it wouldn't be much of a show uh, without the rest of the crew. So here tonight with me, I have Brett. Hello. Behesht. Uh, Brett. Oi. I'm doing quite well. Oh, we're not doing it in character. Got it. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Someone in this dungeon is going to die. And I will use a crit roll. Also with us tonight, we have Clay. We play Shearzim. Clay, how's it going? Quite well, thank you. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, it's yeah. Also with us is Russell, our fantabulous dungeon master. Russ, how's it going? It is going. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Right. So good. <laughs> so, and then, uh, once again, my name is Nick. I play Jayak in our D&D uh, campaign. So I think to get warmed up and to kick off the night, we'll start with some vanilla questions. Uh, and I guess we'll, we'll sound off or, or answer one by one. Uh, and we'll start the same order we did intros. So, Brett, question for you. Bring it. Bring it. How did you get into D&D? Um, so I actually got into D&D... You'd think it'd be from Clay, who, fun fact, is my older brother. Um, actually, the first time I got into D&D was when me and my wife were dating at the time. And her older brother had a group going in the basement. And it was like one of those where they start at midnight and go to like 3 in the morning. And it was when I was working crazy shifts at work. And so they happened to start right when I got off. And I was like, well, I'll go check it out and make her siblings love me. And it worked. And that's how I got introduced to D and D. We wound I wound up in that basement a lot, in the creepiest way you can imagine. And it opened my eyes to that. I didn't know that I had that kind of like, I don't know, mental capacity to like be a character and go out and do things like that. So that's what opened me to that. Sure, sure. Is that like like putting putting your head in essentially someone else's head? Is that kind of what draw drew you in? Is that something that was an unexpected hook? What do you... Yeah, it was more, you know, when, when if you've never done it before and someone tells you kind of how the concept of Dungeons & Dragons is, you're like, well, I mean, I guess that's kind of cool. Until you actually experience um, being someone, being in a scenario, having to figure out how to escape it, and then, like, things changing as you roll the dice. It's, it's not all just, I have a controller in my hand or I'm running through you know, an actual real life scenario and I'm full in control, like 
having that little dice roll go, well, this could either be amazing or awful mm -hmm. is really addicting. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree with that. Um, so what do you think uh, the, the, you kind of launched into it a little bit, but what do you, what do you think about playing the game as it is in this medium? Because we, we do it via Skype and then we Twitch stream. So we're not even sitting at the same table as someone. There are shows out there, you know, Critical Role is probably the most popular where it's, they're all in one big room and they're filming it, sure. But we're in different states. Like, what do you think doing it in this medium? It's definitely interesting um, being able to have played from both sides of it. I think it's easier to stay in-game when you're doing it over Skype. When you're at it, and you see it a few times in Critical Role, too. But when you're at a table with each other, it's really easy to get sidetracked and like totally leave the game for like 10 minutes or so. So it's kind of cool over Skype um, to have be kind of be in control of the whole space you have and then to just be in the game the whole time pretty much. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you, sir. Of course. Play. Yes. How did you get into First time I'd actually played like D and D like proper would probably actually be when I was uh, uh, out serving a mission for my church, and one of the missionaries I was working with had actually knew the rules well enough. He tried to get a campaign going on our you know like on our days off, but uh, just because of how you know distracting it could get and everything. Uh, you know, leadership kind of caught wind of it and, you know, try, went and put the kibosh on it. Um, As one does. Yes. But uh, I, I still remember, though, that the character I made for that campaign was just, like, really off the wall. I, I was just like, okay, I want to play a magically animated duck man. <laughs> like magical boxer shorts who wields a giant petrified fish as a sword. <laughs> that is legitimately awesome. And of course, the D our DM was just like, oh gosh. Okay, fine, we'll roll up your character. I remember there's like one time when we were out uh, proselyting, it just kind of turns to me, it just goes, you know, this game goes a lot, it can, is a, goes a lot better if you have a more serious type of character. I just want. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm playing the duck. Yeah. Coming for, from the one that plays a turtle, I understand. <laughs> right. But um, I think the first time I'd actually tried played any D and D since then was actually when we tried to get that campaign going last year, and mm -hmm. it just got fell apart partly because I'm just a really lazy DM and. Getting things organized and getting the group together is not my forte. Yeah, scheduling scheduling in and of itself is just a pain, period. Yes. It doesn't so. matter what you're doing. Scheduling is the worst. <laughs> the so, one, the, if I had to eliminate one part of adulting, it would be time and planning. Yeah. Like, right? It's such a just, pain. Yeah. So what do you what do you think about playing D&D &D in this medium? It's a... Uh... It's quite a bit different. I mean, a little bit used to it because we kind of half and halfed it during that campaign we did. But 
Mm-hmm. You know, now we have like everybody online and it's actually pretty enjoyable because I can like, I've literally played every session in my pajamas. I mean, I'm in my pajamas right now. Right? Perfect. So comfy. I'm not wearing pants. No. <laughs> I never wear pants. Yeah. <laughs> that explains a lot, Russell. It sure does. You were lucky um, so- I was pants when I did the little uh, walk away. Yes. Boy, yeah. are we ever. That I'm super lucky. The, the music gunbait would have had to put the psych out. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes my affiliate status. Poop. <laughs> so anyway, thank you, Clay. Thank you. Uh, Russ, what about you? How'd you how'd you get into D anD D? Um. So. Um. I. Gosh, I I could go back years. Um. I mean, I'd always heard about D anD D growing up. Um. And it was always something that appealed to me because I was like using your imagination to play a game what this is the best thing ever right. uh, because I was always into board games but having having the ability to kind of go and do whatever I mean I'm big into video games I'm, I've always been a reader but being able to use that in a way to create stories with other people was always something that just like, even just talking about it now, it sends, like, this little flutter through me of excitement. <laughs> um, but... Russell, lots of things send that flutter through you. <laughs> fabulous! Um, so, so I was always excited about D&D, but I was, I was shy. Um, and Brett can attest to this. Truth. I was a shy person. In fact, Brett and I, I feel like when we were together was the only times that we were really outgoing. Like, we would, and we would do just stupid stuff. I'm not going to go into it here. Um, but we would just do stupid, crazy things just out of the box. Like, because we would just feed off of each other like crazy. That's totally beside the point. But I, I was a shy person. And so getting a group together or asking somebody if I could join a group was just always like, <gasps> I don't know if I can do that. Um, and it took, so I, 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 hadn't played D, but i had a friend of mine that i made in alabama who kind of like clay he had gotten involved in um the tabletop rpg when he was on his mission um and so he, he they like they he told me the story about crawling through like the bowels of the church to crawl up into this tower to play D, which is awesome um but that's, that's it, a campaign right there right <laughs> well one shot right what he introduced me to wasn't D D. He introduced me to like this Final Fantasy tabletop RPG. Um which was which was cool. And I enjoyed playing it. That was my first kind of taste as a DM because what we would do is we would kinda of hand off being the DM because he would be too busy to continue the adventure and I was like, I can try and do it. Um so we would kinda of hand things off and that was my first kind of taste of being uh, a DM and I and I liked it. It was the power that really went to my head, because yeah, we've seen that. You you get the ability to be this cruel and capricious god that just puts people through hell, which is just fun in all sorts of ways. Um, but and then so I I had moved here, um, and a friend of mine he was talking about uh, he plays D and D every Saturday with a group of friends that he's had for years and years and years. They play most Saturdays. They don't play every Saturday. And I was like, hey, 
you have a lot of experience. Will you DM for us? Like, if I get a group together, will you DM for us? Um, and he said, yeah. And the our first session, we had like nine people because it oh, wow. just, it was just one of those things where I was like, I didn't know how many people were going to show up, so I wanted to hedge right, my bets. Right. And I just invited a whole bunch of people, and all, pretty much all of them showed up. Which That's was fantastic. Astonishing to me. Um, and, and our group has winnowed down. Some people uh, still come, some people don't. Um, and so we, we've had that game going for a year and a half almost. Um, and then I, I just, I found that I loved D&D, this, this medium where you can be and do whatever you want. You know, and it's and it's all up to the dice, but you can build a character in such a way that you can do those things. You know, you can you can you can do triple flips through the air to to land on somebody's neck because you've washed your arms to a legendary sword and then flip off of them twisting their neck around and break their neck. You know? I mean, it doesn't get much more awesome. Writing that one down. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, 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 you no, know, picturing this big old turtle just flipping through the air. Or, yes. Or you could be you could be underground cavern of an umber hulk and throw a love potion into its mouth and make it fall in love with you. I mean, these are the awesome things that happen. And I mean, we've had so many so far with you guys trying to break through the wall of the town. <laughs> Over and over, everybody's dropping unconscious until finally you're able to break through and fall into the river. And then Clay has been, uh, you know, he's been, his his mind has been altered twice. And Behesh... I have the feeling that Andrex is never going to let Shirzim live that down. No. Probably I, not. I don't even let him have a butter knife. <laughs> never let him live that down. Let alone a crossbow. And then, and then, like Beheshtor, he's had his intelligence stolen. He's been poisoned, and almost lost his arm because they were like, "Yeah, just cut it off." <laughs> and like, you know, and it's just, and and Jayag has something funny that makes us all lose character at least once a game because it's so hilarious. You know, I mean, I just, I love, and I, I feel like D and D, above any other medium is a game that builds friends and builds relationships. Because in a sense, you're going through the events that these people are going through and they're dire and they're forcing you together and forcing you to become a team to survive and it's just, oh, I could. D&D is amazing. Everybody should play it. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, right. You got the perfect warlock. No. <laughs> um, so, Russ, what do you think of, of playing, not only playing, I guess, but DMing? in this medium like if, if you could just share a little bit about what that what struggles that might bring or just your general thoughts i guess um i i enjoy it because i get to be with some of the people that i love the most that i wouldn't get to spend a lot of time well i wasn't and planning I, on I mean, crying tonight i mean that honestly i mean you guys are awesome and i love you guys and i love being able to play games with you guys but being able to play D D with you guys and, and having this medium that allows us to do that mm -hmm. is fantastic. Um, it's awesome, and it's worth every bit of struggle that comes with it. 
there are struggles though i mean uh i can't it would be easy if we were all around the table to lay out a map and say okay you know especially for tactical situations when you're in fights where you can see exactly where you are you can see where the monster is and you know what positioning you need to take to get into places so that that's a bit of a struggle uh and and keeping because then because what i try to do is keep everything in line because so that I can let you guys know, okay, you're here, this person's there, so you guys do get a little bit of those tactics. So you can utilize that, because that's that's a fun part of D&D just in general. Um, but other than that, you know, I mean, there there is a... It, playing in person is much easier, and I, I think, honestly, better, but I like what we have. I feel like we have a good system, and I love... I love how you guys get into it. You role play these characters, um, and and you love it, it. I your passion feeds into my passion, and then it just I feel like we have a great game going, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter. Like the medium, it, the struggles of it kind of fall away in the the drive of that that passion, that storytelling because that's what it is. is it's, it's a story that we get to tell together. Yeah, I love it. and I like that having everyone at the same house, the, the struggle of that is organizing where everyone is in town or near where they can come drive to you, car problems, you know, anything like that. And then having this where as long as you have, I mean, honestly, anymore, as long as you have your phone, we can still show up to a D&D session. And I think right. that's that's what's made it the right. easiest to organize is just, ah, just you know, open Skype and away you go. Right. I even I even joined in that week that we didn't have power for the whole weekend. That's right. Was, yeah. you, yes. Because because of the phone, you know, the audio was a little obscure, but <laughs> Jai is obscure. So <laughs> it, it, it added. So before before we get into the like more before we get into the more nuanced questions i think um i do want to get into the recap uh, before that but um so brett and clay obviously yeah. this is your first time being on out of the hat because it's my first time too um, you never forget your first time <laughs> do you guys do you guys want to give us just kind of a quick like high level or entry level look into or introduction even to the character that you play in this campaign you're you're a member of the motley crew that is hat trick i guess maybe i'm gonna i'm gonna defer to clay perfect okay well first off very high level i've kind of been making uh shares him up on the fly um you know uh actually how i kind of joined this campaign is brett told me about it like the Sunday before I joined in and then like this the night before we had just finished playing you know doing some war gaming at the kitchen table and he's just like have you thought of doing creating a character for this campaign you should join because you are socially retarded <laughs> I don't believe those are my exact words but uh, yes they, they, they pretty much were it sounds like something I would say to you Brett we all it, it know is. that those were pretty much your exact words yeah Brett probably true so uh you know it's just like i was uh, i was the biggest issue i had was just like you know what kind of character you know, what class what race am i gonna play and then just kind of 
build out from that. But uh, why well, I kind of went with the the you know the build that eventually became Shears him is you know there's that one line in Player's Handbook when it's going through the different schools of magic where you know it's talking about the school of necromancy, and it says not all necromancers are evil, but you know the, the the art of necromancy is considered taboo in most societies, and I was just went that would actually be kind of a, a cool sphere to play in. And then I, yeah, you know, and then I picked, you know, I, I just went with a tiefling because, you know, you go through the whole thing and it's like, they're, you know, they, they kind of get uh, shafted socially in regular D&D, but uh, in Russell's campaign, it's like even worse, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that until I, until I joined the, the game. I was like, you know, that would also be kind of a, a, a fun thing to play with. So it's like you have like double, it's like almost a double outcast status for this character. Right. And then things just kind of ballooned from there as I tried to make sense of all the, you know, background choices that I had picked out for him. And because as, as a fellow. Them, as a fellow player that interacts with Shearzim, like I love that Shearzim very much has grown week to week. Like there hasn't been a week where I think that you like there's been a plateau with the character development or with the character's interaction with the rest of the hat trick. I, I've actually really enjoyed it because it feels like it's growing every week, and I think that's the best thing that can happen. Thank you. You know, I, I, going into this, I thought you were going to be like, I'm getting really tired of how Shurz am such a dick to Jayak. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, off that point that, that Nick just said, you know, like the first, definitely the first few sessions, it was kind of like, you know, some of us would be communicating and we'd have to like reach out back. All right, Shurzim, what are you doing? Talk to us, you know. And, and yeah. definitely you've noticed, you know, especially with the last, I'd say, you know, three sessions even is you coming out of your shell more and more. And now we can't get you to shut up and it's amazing. <laughs> no, it's definitely not a bad thing. And we'll, At all. after we do the recap, we'll, we'll get into some other, other questions and discussion well, topics and, and we'll definitely stop there. Well, yeah. and, and speaking to that, you know, the, the way Shearsim has grown, I love how all the characters have grown because coming, coming from the first session where Brett fell asleep as we were playing, that was a rough day. To be fair, he was he was running yeah. on like no, it was I, twenty minutes. I was I was on if if my body was a phone battery, it would have said like negative twenty two percent. Like that's where I was at that day. The funniest thing was is Beheshtor went to sleep and Brett fell asleep. The player fell asleep <laughs> as the character fell asleep, which was amazing. That is that is committed role playing and, right and that's why he went to bed so fast I was like and he just fall, falls asleep face plants and but I I, I want to draw the analogy to, to critical role because critical role you see that same kind of they're fitting into their characters and then they started to realize you know this is how my character is these are the interactions that it has in the group the way those characters grow and they develop and then you start to love them even more some of them you love them from the very beginning not being one of them um, yes. but it, it's the same with your guys' characters I love Jayag from the very beginning but as, as Besides, shares him moved along <laughs> he has 
become even more like he is endearing to the point to where if he died i would actually feel sad and it's the same with, with <laughs> we're not talking about jag right now <laughs> i know but what i'm saying is, is because we were talking about the growth of yeah. a character the way all of your characters have grown and and started to mesh together and the way you guys are starting to come together i uh, I love that. I think it's. I was talking to Brett about this earlier today. I think it's the players as much as the characters, if not more, getting accustomed to playing together. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yeah, because you know, like the first few sessions, it's like I was still trying to figure out, you know, trying still trying to figure out shares him. Right. And then you had you know just Jayak being Jayak throughout the game, and it's just like. I couldn't. I couldn't focus on developing Shirzim because I was too busy laughing at Jayak and explaining everything to him. <laughs> yes, and that actually was we'll kind of. We'll come back to that. Yes, we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll definitely come back to that. That's in my in my questions for tonight. Um, so, well, thank you, thank you, Clay, and it's it's been a pleasure to like watch Shirzim grow and watch you kind of fit into the shoe that is Shirzim. That's an odd analogy, but it works. Um, Brett, ahoy. That's me. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about Bastor? Give us kind of a, an overview introduction. Yeah. So when I was approaching making Bastor, it kind of came from, um, it was my first time in a while playing Dungeons Dragons, and then playing with all of you guys, and so I kind of wanted to mix um, something I would really enjoy playing with something I was comfortable with but also trying to add some elements in that would not be something I usually play. So, like, um, let's say if I'm playing, like, a Mass Effect game, I'm usually playing, you know, a soldier, surprise, that's, like, nice to everybody. And so I wanted to, so I went with a fighter, you know. Yep. And, and, um, so, you know, something I'm comfortable with, um, give them a little bit of a backstory that kind of wasn't super what I would normally go with. And then things I can't say about you know kind of which way he leans towards the lawful good or any of that stuff you know but I put it in a spot that would force me to kind of get out of my comfort zone in a lot of situations where I'd want to just be the stoic heroic like well let's go save everybody and kind of force myself to move a different direction with it so that's been a really fun uh, role playing journey for sure so who is Bastard? Well, he's my character, obviously. Well, I mean, at this point, he might be a, a duck. What is what is Bastor? I don't think Clay even said what Shearsim is. But um, he did too. Oh, did he? He said he's a tiefling. Oh, I probably fell asleep. I'm in character. So um, <laughs> so Bastor is a human fighter. Um, he was before he joined the wonderful Hat Trick, um, with a very strong name. Um. He was a mercenary up north and fought in a lot of wars with giants, protecting different cities and from capital cities to smaller encampments. And he's gone through some stuff up there that has caused some character traits that have come out and some that have yet to come out and mm-hmm. some that I'm scared to have come out but will be fun when it happens. Um, and basically just... This is trying to explain them so that it doesn't like you know ruin future Give things with it's right, fun right, exactly right. It's, like it's the fun part so um so things happen and he left left you know the war up north and basically just started just adventuring by himself to kind of see the world instead of the waste of the north and and found his way to a town where he 
ran into everyone else in a very hilarious issue of a series of events and and now he's among hat trick and has almost died twice he's been kidnapped and tortured and drunk a lot yeah and that's behester i love it i love it thank you sir thank you sir ross i'm not having you introduce any characters because you are all of them <laughs> well, i didn't know if you wanted to pick out a few specific ones but okay not tonight, not tonight. We'll save that for the future, because there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot we'll of interesting characters, for sure. Yes. We'll unpack them over time. It's a fabulous cast. <laughs> um, so let's, let's get into it. Let's go ahead and uh, we'll, I guess, together, Russ, if you kind of want to take points, and we'll provide color commentary and be the, the peanut gallery or the mixed nut gallery, if you want. Okay. And um, We'll be the old guys for the Muppets. Peanuts. But yeah, we exactly. So we'll be the hecklers. Um, okay. Let's recap this past Sunday, and we'll we'll try and keep it under a couple minutes here because we have a lot to get to yet, and I don't want Brett to fall asleep on us. Okay. Um, you'd like well, that. I don't think we've had a recap from the previous Sunday either, but I'll go through that real quickly. Um, so the last we left Hat Tricks, as far as the recaps go. They were making their way through a temple where they knew where they were pretty sure Behesher was after finding out that the creature that had been with them for a while was a doppelganger the last couple of days. Um, they made it through the temple. They killed a bunch of people uh, that were cultists that they found out were cultists. They almost died a few times. Quite <laughs> yeah, a few times. Uh, almost ran into a zombie ogre at a certain point because as they were investigating the temple they weren't quite sure where to go they had come into a room of skeletons they almost got killed by the skeletons decided that is probably not the way we want to go yet there uh, were a so lot of doors there were there were yes. a lot of doors it was it was a it was a major temple of freya that had fallen on hard times so i mean it was it was more of a bustling place than it had than it was at the time that you guys arrived there um and so they they decided they weren't going to go there they went and explored some things which was good because there were lots of things for them to find little little things and trinkets and treasure and stuff like that things that i wanted them to get to make them more powerful um and then there were some places that they didn't investigate and they missed out on some treasure there oh um, well, after you open the door and almost find a zombie ogre, you're like, yeah, I don't think I want to go anywhere else now. It was a hive. <laughs> there was, and I can tell you guys this because it's not there anymore. There was a Staff of Frost, which is a legendary tier item. Um, I that, took it and put it in my bag. It would have been, it would have been nigh impossible <laughs> to find. And that's why I was like, it's okay for this to be in there. Because... So Behester was sleepwalking and stumbled upon it. Right. Sure. And he's imprisoned in a cave. But oh, no, it was afterwards. Fairness, in all fairness, if we did find it, it would have wound up in Jag's bag. <laughs> That's true. Because everything. everything winds up in Jag's bag. <laughs> Things you don't want to know end up in Jag's bag. End up in Jag's bag. Right. Uh, is there still... No, you took out the body of the guy that you decapitated, didn't you? Yeah, I gave it to the guards. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> I just uh, love imagining that. Like, hey, guards, um, do you want this? <laughs> you had to think about it to pull it out of the bag. Yeah. Yeah. You actually had to physically touch it to pull it out of the bag. Um, 
they finished making their way through the temple. Uh, they figured out that they could use the 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 emblem that they found on the cultists to get through the skeletons without actually having to fight them. They came into a room where they were attacked by goblins who had been hypnotized by the Naga, or the no, it, uh, Shirzim has said Naga, so you guys know that it is a Naga. Um, and they and destroyed those freaking goblins! Holy crap! Destroyed the goblins. Um, oh yeah, Jayak thought they were dumb. Which was I, I've I've talked with a few of you guys about this before. I am going to start introducing easier things for you guys to fight. Anyway, I won't go there. We're in the recap. Yes. Um, so they they made it through to the room of Abrama which, Behesher, you know that the, the wizard's name was Abrama. I'm sure you conveyed that at some point to the group. Um, I have now. <laughs> there were inane scribblings and markings on the wall indicating that maybe this wasn't a person of exactly sound mind. Um, and then you found uh, chimes of... You found chimes that seemed to unlock things. Um, and as, as uh, Tenok barbarian lockpicked the chest by smashing his foot through it. He, he broke one of the chimes, and which caused a click to happen, so you guys realized there was an illusionary wall. You went in there, you fought Abramo, you killed him, and you freed Beheshtor from the cultists. Uh, Beheshtor killed him by ripping his spine out of his body. Yeah. Ripped his spine out of his body, that's correct. With his teeth. Not really. <laughs> Uh, you guys took some loot from the room. You took a statue, very specifically, of oh god, a statue, snake person with a human head on top of its body. Um, you returned to the city. You returned to the inn of which Shirsim and Behester were kidnapped from. Um, at which point, the cultists realized, oh, they're not dead, and we're pretty sure this isn't the guy that we sent with them. We need to kill them right now because they know things that they shouldn't know. So you were attacked by bandits. Um, and in that fight, you killed all of the bandits. Beheshtor was having some naked-naked fun-fun time with mm. a not-so-pretty barmaid. That uh, she was pretty at one point in time. Please she don't bring that up again. She was <laughs> pretty at one point in time. Um, so Beheshtor was naked for most of the the encounter with these yes, bandits. Yes, believe it was encounter. I was fighting and, and then I fought. Um, the as as you guys were cleaning up, Jayag ran out. He called for the guards. The guards came to investigate. Um, you guys had enough renown at that moment that the guards knew who you were, that you had done a few things for the city. So they were willing to give you the benefit of the doubt. And as they investigated, they realized, oh, these people belong to the cult. This is definitely a bad, bad thing that's occurring. We should report to our superiors. They told you guys it probably wouldn't be a good place to stay since it was a place where the cultists lived. There may be more secrets there. Um, well, one of the guards made the mistake of asking Jayag to give him the whole story. That's true. Too. That yes. is true. <laughs> which led, throughout, throughout which led to session, the story. Because we're now we're now leaking into this past Sunday session. We uh, we kept cutting back, and Russ, thank you for letting me do this. But <laughs> every time we cut back to the main room, 
I updated everyone on where Jag was in the story. <laughs> and a lot had happened, and he was story. not very far. <laughs> it was the whole story. The story from when they were in Aldrichsfield, which was the village that burned down. You started from session one all the way through now. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not, I don't know where Jag started that story. He probably started it as back, far back as he can remember. Oh, uh, <laughs> Because we were, I mean, he had been talking, if you think about it, he'd probably been talking to the guard for a good 10 minutes before I even chimed in. And there was a wall! (laughs) (laughs) So so he very well could have the entire story of Jayag written down for the progeny, for the masses. Um, Someday. (laughs) The adventures of Jayag Farstrider. Um, So, as they were... It, it was a reference to the Wheel of Time because there's a character named Jane Farstrider who, yeah, anyway, there's a book. It's a big thing throughout the series because it ties into a character that doesn't come in until, like, the 11th book. Shame. Um, uh, go back to Just Some Guardians episode 10 for that recap. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, uh, you guys cleaned up, and then a wizardly merchant approached you guys and asked you guys if you would be so kind as to deliver a box for him to the wizard uh, Tarnast in Thurmaster. Um, you agreed. Um, Shears him agreed. A couple uh, yeah. of the party agreed, and I believe Behesher agreed too. I was drunk. Super. Um, and so... The party agreed to this. He gave it to them um, with a with a caution not to open it. And then um, they decided that they didn't want to spend the night in the end because they could die. Um, and they had found some secret passages and things like that. So they weren't super sure about the end. Uh, they decided to go to the fabulous Kessel Kotel, um, which is an inn run by a very um, flamboyant dragonborn um, they spent the night there. They encountered some some cool flavor things. Um, and then the next morning they woke up. Jayag was not happy that they had agreed to this uh, sojourn that'll take them it'll take them about a month to go there and then come back. If they go straight there and come straight back, it'll take them about a month to return to Hellgate. Um, Hellsgate. Um, so they had a bit of a tiff in the morning. Um, Shears in partook of some Pegasus steaks, which the inn proffered. Jayag oh. ate his lovely uh, green leaf salad in a very angry way sitting outside the inn. Behester uh, came to talk to him, which Jayag tried to trip him. Um, Thinking want... he was Shears in. Yes. Um, Luckily, it didn't and, work. Uh, then. Behesher and Jayag had a conversation. A very um, heartfelt conversation. Yeah. Uh, because Behesher was laying it out on the line because he knew that Jayag was upset. So he, he, he told him exactly why he felt like he needed to leave the city um, because Behesher is suffering from some PTSD due to the, uh, what he experienced before and the things that, are occur- that occurred to him while he was in prison. Um and so he's he's going through a rough time he saw some really really terrible things um and so he laid it out on the line he's like i just need to get out of the city i don't feel like it's a good place for me to be 
Shirzim uh, came out at the same time. Jayak again tried to trip Shirzim, and Shirzim rolled a nat 20 and did a lovely little uh, handstand followed by a flip and a little gymnastic stand at the end, uh, to which Jayag would not pay attention to. And then uh, Shirzim revealed some of his backstory, being that his his adopted father uh, belonged to the cult. Um, and this man was always kind to him as he grew up. And then as he found out that he was a member of the cult, he feels that maybe it was the spell book that he carries that changed him. Um, so he left him, he stole the spell book, and he's had some other things occur. But he wants to get out of the city because he saw his father when he was kidnapped. Um, and he's not sure how he feels about that. Um, Patrick, uh, Tinnock came out at the same point. He doesn't really care where wherever they go as long as they get to kill the man who killed his sister. The dragonborn, not a man. Um, and so they they purchase some horses, which will shorten their journey by a little bit, and they set off to. We purchased uh, a wagon too. A covered wagon. wagon. Yes. A, a covered wagon and some horses to journey the two weeks journey, or the uh, it'll be about a week and a half to get to Melbourne, and then about uh, another half a week to get to Thurmaster from there. Do you get 26 points if you remember the horses' names? Mud? No. Yep. Um, horse cow. Do I get points? Horse, horse cow. cow. Sure. Uh, horse cow. Uh, yeah, dark, dark like nighttime. Mud with two <laughs> U's. And sporty. Mushroom. I think, no, I think one of them was mushroom, yeah. No, no, you must have changed it. Mm-hmm. You changed it. That was the first one I named. Horse cow was the white one. No, horse cow was horse the... cow was the spotted one. Well, mushroom is the white one. Horse cow was the palomino. And then there was mud and dark like nighttime. Dark like nighttime. Okay, so I get That's ten my points. Favorite name. Dark like nighttime. <laughs> dark like night. Just one word. Dark like nighttime. Yeah, that's exactly. How I wrote it out. Yeah. And the and the covered wagon. Nobody's gonna get dysentery. I gotta take. And we're gonna ford all of the rivers. I gotta take a screenshot of all my notes for you guys sometime. Oh yeah, do it. It makes me happy that there seems to be a lot of them. So that catches us up um, to uh, the most recent session. So let's get into a couple questions. And this, this, uh, some of them are presented to individuals. Some of them are all of us to to talk amongst ourselves. Um, so question one, what do you all think about how RP or narrative-driven this last week was compared to the usual? Oh, that was night and day. Usually yeah. usually there's a lot of RP, but this one was, it was, I don't, we didn't have one combat scenario, so it was basically like three hours of just RP. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done the Jag voice that, that, that length of time consistently without dropping it. Yeah. It was interesting. <laughs> um, it's a good thing I'd gotten in the habit of trying to stay in the Shearsen voice as much as possible during the session because I needed it this past Sunday. Yes. I, I On that topic, Clay, I love the fact that your Shearsen from the second we start on Skype till we're done like you really don't drop the voice and it yeah, helps me true. because i'm like he's he's rolling and he's like i'm going for a 20 <laughs> it is not very good <laughs> it's fantastic i love it 
personally, I loved I loved trying to be in Jayag's head. It was a very complicated situation, like a social interaction situation, and that's Jayag's weak point. And so I was I was actually really challenged during that session to not do what I wanted to do, but like actually kind of stick in with Jayag's wants or what, what his desires would be in that situation. It was very challenging because I want to leave the city. I want to get out and explore and just explore the world because there are unknown reaches and Russ, I want to like push you. I want to be that player that's just like, hey, and we're going to burn the inn down and then run outside. You know? <laughs> um, so it was challenging for me as Jayag to lobby very strongly and to really lay lay it thick um, on trying to stay and, you know, what did, what did, what was Jag's nugget of wisdom? Moss grows on stone logs and my shell. <laughs> Even when you're not looking. It was like, I was quite as deep. That was fantastic. I loved it. And that. I totally pulled it out of my ass. <laughs> Jeez, Brett. Sorry. Brett's photo. He has lots of notes. <laughs> I write. But I, I love I loved that it was it was like three hours of just, just not not even like deep story development, because really the story didn't go anywhere. The characters went somewhere. Mm-hmm. Literally and figuratively. And that's it. This was this the the session was all character development. It's the easiest session that I've had to DM, which was amazing. Oh, all but you had to do was just say "fabulous Quetzalcoatl" every five <laughs> minutes, and that's it. <laughs> and, it and it was and it was awesome because I love, I just I love it because it it's the story and it's developing, and now we've got now you know this this session was all about the character development. Of, of these characters that we've come to love or that I've come to love and they're they're growing they're starting to, to you know they're separate entities now starting to, to mesh and become a team and it was just it was exciting it was exciting mm-hmm. it, was, it was a lot of fun to play out because it was <clears throat> it's like I, I've done a few smaller campaigns here and there where you really like have to force it to make the party work because you're like you're all your friends that are around a table and you all made a character and you're supposed to adventure together but it's sometimes it is just so impossible to force it and to have a like a three-hour session of just it i mean it's real you're role-playing you know it's it's a group of people talking it out over a situation and not everyone just agrees which is leads it even further everyone understands where you're coming from why you don't want to do what you do but also why someone else wants to and then you have to decide in your character's head, well, would I just let them win this time because it's so much more important to them? And and that's what gets super interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Well, oh. and like for me, it was um, like, uh, I was actually kind of torn on which way to go and it kind of worked because because of other parts of Shearism's backstory that we have not covered yet, he'd be torn about it too. Mm-hmm. So eventually, you know, eventually the whole bit with the book is kind of what won out on. Let's go on this other adventure that just suddenly got thrown at us. Right. So, Russ, this next one's for you. Okay. Were you prepared for the hat trick to not accept the delivery job and stay in the city? Oh yeah. I I mean I have because I know. 
in that circumstance, I know that there are two decisions you're going to make. You're either going to take the job and leave and leave the city, or you're going to stay in the city and potentially. I'm assuming you guys would further investigate the cult. If you didn't, I had other things. I have lots of side quests, lots of there. There were plenty of clues. I kind of had a, I had more developed you guys leaving the city uh, based on the conversations that I had had with you guys throughout the week, things like that. I kind of had a feeling that you guys would probably be leaving the city. But yeah, I and I have things prepared for when you guys come back, or even if you just drop the box on the side of the road and decide there are thing there are other things out there that need to be explored, or we need to go back to the city immediately because I don't feel comfortable having left the city in the circumstances that you know where we're going. Mm -hmm. And that actually leads perfectly into the next question, which is for Ooh. Brett and Clay. Oh. Do you think the hat trick will regret leaving the city in the wake of recent cultist activity? I think from a character perspective, as long as everyone else in the party is alive and I get paid for the other job, it won't bother me as much. But do you, do you think that, like, if Brett the player, with the view out, like, view from the top... There is no Brett. Brett. Only Beheshtu. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Clay, what do you think? Okay, well, uh, you know, given Sherzim's background with the cult... He's. I think he's actually going to be still be pretty torn because it's like he's going to re regret leaving, and you know maybe preventing more. You know, deaths and tortures and sacrifices and whatnot, but. There's a you know, the the fact that. He knows that, his adoptive father's there, or at least he was there at one point, and he may still want the book, is actually a pretty, legit reason to take off for a bit. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how that turns out. Because once you mentioned that, I was like, ooh, that's a story arc. <laughs> Again, here's the start of a breadcrumb trail. <laughs> right, exactly. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Right. Ooh, shiny. Um, so, well, same right. question for okay. you, since you're a player too. <sighs> yes. Um, we never even got like, the the entry-level bit of for Jihag either. No. But I'll I'll probably be here every episode. You guys might. Okay, we could we could get that later then. That is a good okay. point. Breadcrumbs. So, um, it entices them to come back. Yes. Personally, I think we're gonna regret it. Like Nick the player and Jag the the character, regret. Like big regret, because I love I love Fatima and I'm very afraid of what's gonna happen. I think Fatima will see Especially given the punch all that we were the No cultists in my shop. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was Jesus. No stories, no crying, no cultists. No cultists. <laughs> oh my god. Come on. I How just can you not love that even. guy, even though he kissed, cheers him square on the lips? He slipped you a little lizardy tongue too. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Ew. Okay, Brett. Yeah. Question for you. That's me. Did Ugh. you expect to be taken on the mother of all guilt trips? 
when you sat down and had a conversation with Jayag outside of the inn? Honestly, yes, just because of all the conversations that happened inside the inn. And so the whole way walking over, I was like, I knew it was coming, but I didn't know exactly to what level. And so I was just kind of like, that's why I was like, oh, good, he's trying to trip me. He's going to do rolls because I'm like mentally like, okay, what if he says this? And what if he does this? And what do I do if this happens? <laughs> that girl over there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Clay. Yes. Shearsim and Jayag's uh, relationship and interaction. <laughs> They're unique. Yes. Uh, do you as a player get frustrated by constantly being taken so literally and having to like go back and explain everything you're saying or is that like Shearsim's personality that's more Shearsim's personality me I'm just like trying I think there have been a few times you may have noticed I'm like trying to stifle a laugh and get back into character and and try to re-explain I have seen that, um, yeah. Same question to Jayag, then. Do I, as a player, get frustrated by constantly having somebody get up with me, a character get upset with me? And Jayag's answer is he doesn't realize that you're upset with him. <laughs> my, answer, my answer is I've made it one of my personal goals to, in every session, get Shearsim to the point that he goes, somebody else explain it to the turtle. <laughs> I've succeeded so far. I think like yes, four have. in a row now. <laughs> Every single week. Um, I personally love their interaction. I think they have one of the coolest little, um, like uh, they have the coolest rapport. That, that as a player for me, I love I'm getting to interact with Shearsim as Jayag. I'm really excited to see how that um, character relationship goes if it gets to a point where shears i'm just finally like you know what i'm done i'm setting on fire or or you know if it (laughs) it then comes full circle where it actually gets you guys closer or jayak grows and understands what he's doing and then those two become like bffs that could go a lot of directions and i'm excited to see where it goes jayak will become a cigar smoking intellectual (laughs) right (laughs) so did you read the paper <laughs> Speaking as a DM about that relationship, just for a second, for those for those people who may be listening to this who are DMs, because th- while the interplay was hilarious, there was part of me in the back of my head whenever something like that would happen. That's going, oh my gosh, I hope this doesn't become a problem. Like I hope <laughs> players they are not going to end up hating each other because I'm like, this is hilarious. This is great. Dungeons and Dragons, but oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? Like, like, what if this becomes a fight? Like, what if this is a thing? And I'm like, so I just, I just let it play out because it didn't seem, it didn't seem like you guys were upset. And so I was like, okay, I'm not gonna have to step in yet. <laughs> but, but as a DM, because that's that's something that goes through your head because you want everybody yeah. to get along, you want everybody to have a good time, and so you're like, okay this becomes an issue how how am i going to handle this how am i going to do this and luckily you guys handled it very well because i was like in a little part of me in the back of my head's freaking out because i was like oh crap i really hope that this is not that this isn't a, a thing and it hadn't become a thing yet and so i was like okay okay 
So when when were you afraid that it might become a thing? Like when? How far back does that go? The very when, beginning. When first, when Shearsen first started, like I can't believe this stupid turtle, you know, and I, and, just, <laughs> and being kind of like, which it's hilarious, but at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope, I hope, I hope Nick isn't getting offended by this, and I hope that Clay isn't doing it specifically to offend. I knew that you weren't, because I know Clay um, decently. Um, and so I was like, I know I know that that's just Clay's personality, because this is the same guy who called me girl pants all through high school. <laughs> so, Truth. It's true. Yeah. So I, so I was like, I know that he's just playing, and that's just the way he is. And I'm like, okay, I know Nick doesn't normally get offended, so I don't think it's a thing. But I was worried, so I'm glad that it's not. No, it's 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 an interaction that I love. I love it to pieces, and I, <laughs> I just it, yeah, it makes me happy. I'm like, how is Jai gonna take Shearsim literally today? Right. Well, it gets to a point where like I'll be watching you talk, and you'll say something, and I'm instantly like, whoop, looking at Clay's panel, like, here it comes. <laughs> How is this going to play out? Because it is, uh, the way that you guys interact with each other is a very cool character dynamic. It is a, it is a, it is a great character dynamic that, that brings, because you guys have gone through some terrible, terrible events. This is just a party. You know, some things that would freak some people out. Uh, but you bring, and I think that that's in just a great show in general, is it has dark themes, but it kind of pokes and laughs at them a little bit, and that's what your character dynamic does. Is it allows it allows people to laugh and enjoy it, even while people are dying left and right, being abducted, people are watching other people being tortured. You guys watched an entire city burn and everybody inside it die. You know, I mean, these are dark things. Yeah, when you put it all in order like that, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, everything. They're all fine. <laughs> Everything's okay, Dory. Um, Russell. Yes. Other than the bar fight. Yes. What is the, if you had to pick one moment where the hat trick, either collectively or an individual within the hat trick, what is the moment that has surprised you the most? Oh. And how did you respond? Um, so the bar fight was super surprising. Um, I was not expecting Jayag to throw a dagger at the guy. Other <laughs> than the bar fight. Um, I know, bar but I... Fight bar fight, bar fight, bar fight, bar fight. There have been a few times where you guys have gone in a direction that I wasn't quite expecting. Um, for instance, when you were looking for ends, um, I was just expecting you guys to be like, eh, slumbering serpent, who cares? We'll, we'll just go back and talk to the guy. Um, and then you were like, no, no, we're going to go, and then we're going to try to find an end. I was like, I don't want you guys to have to go back to the same end. So that was that was a moment that it didn't necessarily surprise me, but it wasn't a moment I was expecting. The thing that surprised me most is, so I took, so you'll remember this, Nick, but I, I asked Shirzim and Beheshter to stay behind a couple of times, and that was when they got kidnapped, and then when you guys showed up to the temple. And, and I gave them specific objectives during that time. I walked them through. They got kidnapped. They got hypnotized. There was a couple of things there. And then um, at the temple, I pulled them aside after, and I was like, 
don't let them go into that temple. That's your job. You have been brainwashed by the cult, and especially Behestra is the doppelganger who was kind of the the um, he was keeping the spell up on Shirzin, basically is what was happening. That was behind the screens, um, and he was giving him new information. So he was kind of like leading Shirzin and telling him what needed to be done. But I told them, I said they're not supposed. To don't let them go in there because you know that that is where the cult is doing some stuff. Don't let them go in there. And Brett had been texting me. He would text me while we were playing and be like, hey, do I get violent when they do this? And I was like, not yet. And then, like, when you guys continue to push it, I was like, okay, now you get violent. <laughs> I think you'll know the moment, too, because I literally, my phone buzzed and I glanced. And it was just a message from Russell that said, get violent. And I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and the but the thing that surprised me the most is how persuasive <laughs> Behester and Shirzim were. Good lord! Convincing, they were so convincing in being like, "Yeah, we're not we're not going to that temple," and the whole party was like, "Yeah, that's a terrible idea. You're totally <laughs> right." That is the hardest I've had to role play yet. That was so. That was so much work. <laughs> that was the most surprising moment for me because I was halfway expecting you guys to see through it immediately and be like, whoa, what's going on? But how persuasive they were with the rest of the party and how well they role-played that was just, it was shocking. I was like... All I oh. had to do was just mention shoes and... Right. You know, that just turns Jag right around. <laughs> <laughs> there, that was That was a difficult moment for me because I was actually like as a player I was getting frustrated with the other players because I was like uh, we know this is where the story goes forward we're right here like why are you being so right. persistent and so rather than break character and say anything I'm like okay well Jayag is going to start getting persistent and Jayag's persistence is grabbing his beard and dragging him towards the temple right. and <laughs> Like, but I, I, I let Brett know, like, at one point, I was getting really frustrated. I was like, what the hell, Brett? Like, Jesus Christ, come on. Well, wasn't so it well, you well, and Matt we were, like, texting, to... right? Wasn't uh, Matt texting you, like, Buster's only here for, yes. like, one session. Why is Brett being an asshole? <laughs> and see, I didn't know that. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was interesting. It was yeah, very you interesting. know the funny thing is, you know, I got a text from Russell during that whole thing. Is like if if things go down, you have to side with Beheshtor, but I didn't see it until after the session was over. Mm. So I was just so focused on okay, you know, how can I turn this around and turn it away towards oh wait, spellbook with darkness. Mm -hmm. I, I'm really glad, like as a player in retrospect, that a you were not at range. Like you were in melee range with Jayag or I would have shot you. And two, that when I was calling, when Jayag was calling for Tanakh to help, that Tanakh didn't like beat the crap out of Shirzim. So like, we could have killed Shirzim right <laughs> Like easily. Well, yeah, he's, yeah, Shirzim is so squishy. Well, right, it was like, that would have been really bad. Yeah. Like, the only high hit I got on you was the melee hit with the turtle claws on your face. And that, that snapped you out of it. You know? oh, I'm so glad that was like the one charisma save that Cheersim actually succeeded on. 
Well, it was funny because, like, once I died and, like, you know, the charade was up, the second that happened, I was like, oh, crap. They're going to think they have to do that to shears him. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It it was a risk. And, and, you know, just to give you guys a peek behind the screen, I had no idea what the F was going to happen. I was like, I really hope. I, I And I was like. Please succeed, Cherson. Please succeed. <laughs> right. Because I was like, they're gonna, they're gonna kill him, and I was like, at, at a certain part, I was like, he'll be unconscious, and hopefully they just don't beat the out of him and make and kill him. Um, right. But yeah, I was, I was worried. I was like, and there are there are quite a few moments where I'm like, let's see how this pans out. Let's just see. <laughs> So yeah, it was definitely a moment that that I, it seems to have unified us in surprise that whole sequence because it didn't just surprise the DM, it surprised the other players. We were like, "What?" Um, so we have time for a couple more questions. So we will go to the uh, community questions that we've been given. Um, the this is from our Discord, just some Guardians Discord. Um, is it just some Guardians Discord, Brett? Mm-hmm. Is that where these came from? Okay. Yeah. So Lazric's cousin of Varix says he wants to know what creature are you as players most fearing will show up? So Russ, you can't answer this. Okay. See, the scary part of answering this is we're giving Russell ideas. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. I feel like Russell needs to mute and leave the room for a few minutes. I'll just say this. We've already encountered in one form or another the enemy I would be least looking forward to doing battle with. I'll leave it at that. The flail snail. No. No. Yes. Shearson no. does not want to fight any more flail snails. All that stuff that we almost had to fight when the high-powered guys came in, that was pretty freaky. But yeah, knowing what the cult does and Russell's mindset, I'm really afraid that we're going to end up facing some, like, um, undead demon zombie dragon of some sort. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. Oh, jeez. Oh, mm. uh, let's see. Those are called Draco Liches. I I am a Draco Lich. Uh, so Evil J wants to know, uh, Brett, why do you keep moving where everyone is on the screen? So, um, fun fact. Um, I don't care. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, by the way, Jay, for sending me a picture that one week to show me where everyone was, so that from the then on. I can put everyone in the same spot. But usually what happens is everyone comes into the Skype call in a different order, and so I just move the boxes accordingly, and then Russell's in the Dungeon Master spot every time. So that's why everyone was in different spots then. Can we coordinate a theme song? Yeah. Like a Brady Bunch theme song? Definitely. <laughs> I love it. That's a story. But now um, everyone's in the same spot Jai every Patrick. Right? <laughs> Jesus. Cole wants to know... Uh, and I might paraphrase this question a bit because uh, we haven't gotten too many. Uh, but what was the most awkward thing uh, Natural One has induced? Or in this case, maybe a, a poor role? Um, for me, it would be losing all of my intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that. That's very awkward for Shearzim, too. That was a good one. That was a pretty bad role. Also, when you crapped your pants. That wasn't a role. Was also that was a role play. <laughs> I threw the illicit brain. That 
Oh yeah, that was a good one. That was just not pretty. We won't talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about awkward, but I was, uh, uh, I think I was a little worried when I failed that that first charisma save in the ghost house. Oh yeah. And, you know, and, then, and then Russell's like, so shears him, starts walking into the into the room with uh, you know Jihag and Andrex was like. Oh no! <laughs> Here it goes. <laughs> this can only end in tears. The second biggest yes. one for me is when we got kidnapped, because we got we tried to get brain con- the dry the thingy Naga. tried to Naga tried to brainwash us was success was successful on clay, and I passed that, but then I tried to pretend that it had worked. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> I was like, yes, I totally serve you. And then failed that one miserably, and that's why everything else happened. <laughs> it makes me think of that horribly awkward scene from Employee of the Month where Dax Shepard tries to finish her sentences, Jessica Simpson's sentences. Oh, that's going Jake way Vince back. Good Lord. That last night. Oh, that's just, awesome. This is one of the most painfully awkward moments ever. That's pretty good. Um... So I guess we'll open it up. Oh, no, we have a question from Gunbait. I almost forgot. Uh, tuning in on Twitter. Pain have more barmaids, Russ. Um, like, could the campaign just be you describing the actions of barmaids? <laughs> giving us, like, physical description and example. Like, because you did such a good job. It's um, there will be more barmaids and barmen. Excellent. All of the above. Excellent. Uh, he says he needs it. So <laughs> we all need her, her filming. You all need to see my butt wiggling across the screen. <laughs> no, walks away. Not that specifically. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? Do you guys have any questions for each other, Russ? Do you have any questions for us? Do we have any questions for Russ? That was a uh, lot of us sounds. I, I I don't really have any questions for you guys necessarily, because I I feel like I. I know, I I know much more about your guys's backstories than each other, like everybody else. We does. know of each other's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there there aren't any particular questions that I would ask you guys, just because I I feel like I I, I mean, as a DM, it's hard it's hard to think of other questions to ask, and that's probably why a lot of it is spontaneity of like, oh crap, I wasn't expecting that. Okay. Here we go. Let's roll with it. Well, I have a question if I could. Okay. Please. I'm getting, I'm getting feedback from feedback someone. From some. Me too. Echo. No? Okay. Uh, I have a question for Russell. Um, I knew I've, I've been messaging a lot with questions. And then as I talk to more people, I realize that literally everyone in, in the campaign is messaging you all week with questions. Yeah. So so my question for you, um, does everyone approaching you with different like, oh, what about this with my character? What about this? Does that help you? Does it make your job a lot easier to build kind of what's happening around us at the same time? Oh, a hundred times. I, I love. So one of the things I love that the world that I that I have been creating in my mind for several years is, and the, and the story that we're creating, and 
together is something that drives you guys it gives you guys that creative passion it sets off that spark for you guys um i love that um i don't know why but it just it makes me giddy with excitement whenever whenever you guys text me and you're like oh that this thing happened how would my character you know how would my character feel about this and the background and you know how you know how how you know what kind of is this background and drilling deeper and i i can't tell you how much i love that and as a dm the ability that that gives me to add these little things in there that you'll encounter that deal specifically with you as a character with things that you have done with the consequences of your actions far before the campaign even occurred because because that's what's and it's gonna because i want those hooks to sink into you to grab you to pull you in and make you part of the story to to live in that world and live in this person's shoes so yeah it, it makes my job as a dm 100 100 percent easier because that gives me those hooks that make it interesting and will and will hopefully drive character development and make you guys more invested in your characters definitely glad to know i'm not annoying you Definitely, 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 definitely not annoying. Definitely, definitely. Well, gentlemen, I think that's all the time we have for this evening. So, thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys, specifically. I thank everyone watching on Twitch for joining us for our maiden voyage with Out of the Hat. Um, so, we are just some guardians. We are Hat Trick. Um, let's let's take a second to to. Sounds really kinky. Plug ourselves. Brett, <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Elmer Fudd Games. A double M, double D. Um, I'm also PSN, same spelling, Elmer Fudd. Excelente. Clay, any, any, are you on the social medias at all? Discord even? little bit of discord but other than that i'm like super lazy with social medias just ask brett <laughs> i understand yes russell where might one get in touch with you if say one was interested in the dragon or the dungeon or perhaps the dungeons and dragons Ooh. or the emperor's hand in between or how uh, to properly act as a barmaid yeah or how to wiggle your butt how to seduce uh, soldiers in particular even when you're not that attractive and also you're a woman being played by a man um, the secret is to have that man in a dungeon for days that's so secret. nathan lane no. <laughs> <laughs> um you can you can always reach me uh, especially if you post in the DD channel um i that's the channel that i most frequent because DD is my life um and then you can you can also message me there jackal uh, 072590 um, which is my uh, PSN ID uh, you can also find me on Twitter not that I'm ever on there at drjex that's J-E-X 0725 is that brand new? no that's been there for a while I just oh. never I just never have remembered it you're on the twatters Whoa. I am I seriously I'm hardly ever on there, but if people start messaging me about D&D &D stuff, then I will probably be on there regularly. 
uh, because I love talking about D&D and all nerdy things, so. Uh, so my name is Nick. I'm on the Twitters at he who fights or PSN at capital H-W-F dash the number seven force. Um, again, we're Just Some Guardians. We are Hat Trick. You can find us at twitch.tv slash Just Some Guardians on Twitter at JSGCast. Um, if you have any questions that you want us to address next week, send them on. Uh, if you're interested in tuning into our podcast, um, Brett, where can they find that? Uh, same place you can find this, uh, twitch.tv slash Just Some Guardians. Um, this show's on Wednesdays, and we'll be doing our regular podcast on Thursday. It was the live show. Gasp tomorrow. Yes. Double all gasp. Right. Exciting show because it's all about E3. I know. Yes, so excited. Good. So definitely, definitely tune in tomorrow. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. Thank yeah. you, everybody, again, for joining us this evening. Is it Sunday yet? <laughs> <laughs> Sunday is a different day of the week. That is 30% change different. Thank you for coming. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say something about copyright. <laughs> it's thirty percent different. We're good. Three percent, thirty percent, forty percent, eleven percent.